Welcome to Dwelling on Dreams. I am Taylor, a Ravenclaw. And I'm Victoria, a Hufflepuff. And we'd like to thank you for joining us as we take a deep dive into the Wizarding World and all of its inhabitants. And for all of you who haven't read the books or seen the movies, we would like to warn you that there are spoilers ahead. Today on Dwelling on Dreams, we are going to focus on, believe it or not, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, the center of the Harry Potter books, and yet we haven't probably talked about them in a while, I don't think so. No, I know, we're going back to the whole impetus for us starting our show, which was to talk about Harry Potter. Yes, the... I, it feels kind of like coming home a little bit to be yeah, talking about the, the really going back to the basics, but we're hoping to explore a little bit, you know, their group dynamics, um, how they ended up kind of getting the assigned role that they had in, within their group. And the reason we decided to do that is because to, this week, Hermione turned 41, and wow. the eldest of the trio, and yet not the leader. Yet not the leader, no. Yes. Even though I think... People just from her personality on paper would have thought that she would be more in the leadership role. I don't know. She's just, because of her social lack of skill, like, she would never have been a good, um, at least as an adolescent Yes. Leader. So this is what we're talking about. Yes. We'll get into this a little bit more later. Yeah. But, but happy birthday, Hermione. She turned 41 on Saturday. Yes. And we are just about to have two other birthdays of Garrick Ollivander and... Queerness quarrel if you were still alive. Yes. Alivander would be, or might be, might still be alive. Wizards live a long time. 101 um, on Friday, this coming Friday. And Quirrell, we don't know his exact age, but he's probably a little bit younger than mm-hmm. like Harry's parents uh, because yeah. he did like a grand trip and came back with Voldemort and the grand trip comes right after, you know, Hogwarts. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's turning his birthday when whatever year it was is on Saturday so apparently there's a big heavy focus on September birthdays because we've had several so far yeah I think it makes more sense to have them either she she tends to do either summer or fall birthdays a lot it seems like because they can talk about oh hey my birthday was in the fall and they or in the summer and then they don't really have to like go into a lot of birthday things with it or um, they're right back when you're getting into school before you really got into the plot. So, yeah, they never celebrated Hermione's birthday Mm-mm. in the books, and only Ron's once. But even though both of them were during school year, so I guess she just kind of overlooked birthdays for the most part. Yeah, there was a death day party, but I guess they just weren't really in Harry's narrative. Yeah, of course, this means that Hermione, this, the Wizarding World, has a cutoff, a hard cutoff at September first for birthdays. There's no kind of, oh, should we go older or younger grade? It's just if you're 11 on September 1st, you're in. If you're not, you're out. So Hermione's actually about a year older than Harry, mm-hmm. um, even though they're the same year and their birthdays are so close together. Yeah. Um, but we're glad she's in his year because then we wouldn't have gotten probably the same golden trio, which is an interesting scenario. Yes. We're going to talk about some interesting scenarios, what would have happened if all this foreshadowing the trio would have been slightly different or acted slightly different in various situations. Uh, but before that, we're going to have a wit and wisdom. Also, believe it or not, based on the theme of the trio's dynamics. We haven't done one of these in a while, so nice yeah. to actually quote the source material. Yes, and this was a little bit of an extended one just because I think it probably makes sense to give a little bit of context to the quote. So this is from Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. And it is right after 
Harry, Ron, and Hermione operate away from Bill and Fleur's wedding because the ministry has fallen, and now they are assuming at least they are in fugitives. <laughs> they haven't had that officially confirmed yet, but... Yeah, just a good bet. Good guess. Uh, so they operate to the muggle world. They go to a diner, and Hermione says Voldemort's name, which they don't know yet. is taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their Death Eaters show up, they fight, and they incapacitate the Death Eaters. And they're trying to decide what to do next. So what are we going to do with them? Ron whispered to Harry through the dark, then even more quietly. Kill them? They'd kill us. They had a good go just now. Hermione shuddered and took a step backward. Harry shook his head. We just need to wipe their memories, Harry said. It's better like that. It'll throw them off the scent. If we killed them, it would be obvious we were there. You're the boss, said Ron, sounding profoundly relieved. So there's a lot in there, actually. <laughs> there's a lot in there. The fact that Ron asks Harry the, Harry the question, directs the, basically assumes that Harry's going to make the call, mm-hmm. is, I think, significant. He doesn't even venture, I mean, he ventures opinion, but not until he acknowledges that it's Harry's decision. Right. Hermione literally takes a step backward and yeah. just does not want to, Does not, not want like, this decision. Yeah. And then Harry makes the call, and Ron then literally calls him the boss. Yes. So, starting from the very beginning. <laughs> yes, we have Harry and Ron sitting on the train. Something idyllic about that. <laughs> yes. That was your last of the all. <laughs> Yes. And Ron, both fairly naive. Um, <laughs> both a little bit with stars in their eyes on the way to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Ron's more knowledgeable at this point. Yes. So he kind of, for a while, I feel like, is the leader of the two. And mm-hmm. Harry kind of goes along with, with Ron. I would agree. Yeah. Which is, you know, naturally not... I think that makes Ron. sense, though, because, you know, Harry's very new to this wizarding world. And Ron knows. And Ron is affable to Harry. Mm-hmm. And he's... He hasn't gained that cynical edge that yes. he has in later life. Yep. I would agree. I mean, he has the basic core, I think, of that. He... He feels embarrassed by his family's mm-hmm. lack of wealth. He, he knows he wants to bit. live up to those expectations. We see what the Mirror of Era said. All the yeah. things that he wants to get out of his Hogwarts career, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, like I think he really appreciates having a friend. And having a friend who seems to like him for being his friend. Yeah. And, of course, he also is a little bit of a punk kid. <laughs> I mean, he's mean to Hermione. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit of a... A bully. He's he's trying to find his place and find where he the differentiation from his brothers. Right, and I think you know being the youngest brother out of six, you know, out of six boys at least, um, he's always had to speak up and make his opinions and impressions and things be known. So he's very boisterous and he has no filter to start off. And I think he learns to filter. <laughs> I think he learns to moderate a bit. From his friendship with Hermione and not express yeah. his first opinion all the time. Yeah. I will say that I think that the dynamic of Harry just kind of going along with Ron carries through a lot until really the war starts. Yeah. Not in moments of peril or high stakes. That always is Harry. But like in day-to-day life, Harry a lot of times will kind of just, you know, hang out with Ron and a lot of times it's with Ron what he wants to do. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just what Ron wants to do. Yeah, I, I think that some people give too much credence to that theory. That Harry was like held back. That Ron was somehow like manipulating him. Or, or not consciously. Mm-hmm. But that Harry would have been the super genius if Ron hadn't like made him play oh, with no. chess. 
I I think that that's all was also Harry's inclination too. I think that the two of them. Yeah, I don't think Ron necessarily was a challenging friend for Harry, but I no. think he was a good mate, and yeah. he was Harry's first friend. So there's an inherent amount of loyalty that Harry would have associated with Ron, I guess. So no, I think I think you're correct. I think probably when we get into, I see it kind of start to change in book four, um, with. With the, of, break. with the break yeah. yeah and then Cedric's death and Harry just comes back as a very different person and then is also pushed by Hermione and Ron into more of a leadership role with the oh, BA yeah. I definitely think that after what once the war really starts that's when Harry like consciously takes not yeah. takes over the group but starts he steps making the decisions the, right and they kind of start asking him to make the decisions um but I think as far as the first time he really steps up that the turning point there is when he decides to go after the stone when he thinks that snape has gone after the stone at the end of the first book and he's just like no i have to go do something about this and he just you know takes charge and says this is happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he doesn't ask them to go but they acknowledge that he's you know he's in charge when they go and Mm -hmm. he's the leader um and that's kind of how yeah like you said in everyday day-to-day life ron kind of sets the pace and the tempo and the activities but when it comes to the more life-threatening situations, Harry's in charge. Yeah, and that's really, like, what, you know, he showed himself to be a man of conviction and a man of action, and, you know, that's when... Whereas Ron, I don't think, in a vacuum, would be. I don't think, in a vacuum, Ron would have gone for the stone. Mm. Um, I don't... I mean, no, he dragged I... into some situations, but... And, yeah, he would have gone after his sister in the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. But I don't think that he would have pursued some of these situations and felt like it was his responsibility, like Harry. Would. Right. I think Ron, you know, one has tunnel vision for things that include Ron <laughs> or his family. Like you said, he would have definitely gone after Ginny if he'd known or could have figured it out or um, had all the pieces more like Harry did. But um, the rest, I don't think, no, he wouldn't have made it his personal mission. He would have thought that someone else would do it or... Someone older, possibly, or it didn't affect him. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah, I agree. And while he didn't go kicking and screaming with Harry, there were times when he's like, really? Why are we doing this? Yeah. But he does step up. You know, like, yeah. it's made clear to us from the first book that Ron is valued in his team group, you know, in his friendship. He has a part to play with his chess game, and he's the one who steps up and says, nope. This is the decision. I must sacrifice myself for you guys to move forward. And he's willing to he's willing to do that for Harry. And you know, he didn't know how badly he would be hurt. I don't I don't think he probably thought he was gonna be killed, but yeah. hurt. Hurt. And hurt, that's yeah. still like a decision for an eleven year old. Like I would think death would be a far reaching concept at eleven. It was for <laughs> me. But hurt hurt is still very valid and daunting. And how hurt I mean they do have magic so they can pretty much fix anything fairly quickly but like it's a tension filled moment it's a lot of adrenaline you don't quite know what's going to happen but yet he steps up and he was willing to put himself bodily on the line for Harry not just in a metaphorical sense yeah no I agree and of course there are people who think that Ron is kind of useless in general that I feel the, like he's built that way in the movies, though, especially the further yeah. on you get. Yeah. I mean, the chess scene, yes, that was Ron's 
the girl. His shining moment for the next couple years. Clearly, a a plot device (laughs) that was only put there because Ron's good at chess. Yeah. Um. So, and we don't hear much about chess like ever again. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was annoying to me. Yeah. I feel like there was was a lot. One skill. I know. (laughs) It was never brought up again. Yep. Um. But okay, let's let's back up a little bit to Hermione. Hermione is not part of their friendship at first, and of course, it's after the the troll incident yeah. that they become friends. Um, and she, for a long time, is kind of the annoying little sister, even though she's older than both yeah, of them. Yeah, I still always get the opinion until when 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 do I think that maybe changes? Maybe third year. So Hermione is still on the fringes of their group. Well, she's very annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I think after third year is when I'm kind of like, okay, now she's accepted. Yeah. And she when she feels she's right, she does not listen to anybody, including the people she said she's trying to help. Yes. Um, yes, there are many. There are many. All of them have <laughs> bad character points. Yes. Yes. So I, I get why so Hermione, was, some Hermione was not the leader. Yes. Well, oh, yes. And especially with... She almost fulfilled, you said little sister, but also mother-esque role with the nagging. Yeah, I feel like around third year is when she became just, <laughs> I guess, like, a third year Hermione, for those of you who have not heard me say this before, is the worst, but she... Taylor's not a fan, guys. No, no she, I mean, it's not just things that she does, it's just this constantly nagging and annoying things that she says. Yeah. the school planners for Christmas. The, um... The constant just grumpiness over uh, divination, which she might be right, but she like was so self righteous about it and smug and annoying. She just everything about what she did, and you know, turning Harry in for the firebolt, which was probably the good call, but she went behind his back. Mm-hmm. She and then basically tried to act like he was a <laughs> that he was completely out of line for being upset that she went behind his back in that right. way. And the whole thing with Ron and the cat. Yeah. Yes, she was. I feel like she was wrong in that situation. I she didn't c- try to control Crookshanks, and he was she was Crookshanks was attacking R- Ron's rat on a regular basis, and she was acting like it was absolutely none of her responsibility. And I think they were both wrong. Uh, I think Ron overreacted some, but Hermione needed to. Hermione has a responsibility to control her pet, especially yeah. when her pet's trying to kill a friend's pet. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, that's what I say. I think they both Hermione should have controlled Crookshanks more. Yes, Ron. You know, I should have known. It's a, a cat and a rat. He could have put away scabbers more or done something. I mean, like, they both have shared responsibility in this. Yes, he overreacted a lot. Especially for something that he never even claimed to like. You know, but I get it. It was his rat. The whole thing with his brothers and insecurity. I understand. But. I don't know. If I were if I were their friend and I had to make a ruling, I would have come down on Ron's side of this one. Mm. Nope, I still stay firmly as Switzerland. I will be neutral. Well, that was awesome not to put in the conversation. But the <laughs> third year is kind of this weird... It is a rough year for so the friendship. All of them, yeah. Yeah. They they all hate each other at some point or another. Yeah. And <laughs> um, she's also, like, she's super stressed out with the time turner and has just way bitten off what she should chew, which is a yeah. different conversation we've already had in a different yes. podcast. Yes. Basically, the, the theme was, what were the adults thinking <laughs> we can say this about every year but yes yes um, as far as the time turning goes but there's idiots um yeah <laughs> a girl entering puberty given a time turner yeah but hmm. i think all of that also proves that not just 
Harry doesn't kind of goes along with Ron, but neither Ron nor Hermione look to Harry in those social situations day to day. They, uh, until somewhere in fourth year, really, uh, mm-hmm. or end of fourth year, being a fifth, like, they don't, when they have fights in fights, they, they disagree about how things should be done, and they kind of ignore each other sometimes. When yeah, I would say there's, there's, no, there's no leader. Yeah. There's no leader at all during those times. Yeah. And then we transition into fourth year after all the things kind of go down, third year, things, you know, Egos Hermione are amended. and Harry go off on an adventure alone together, which has never happened before, which I think... But it actually goes well. <laughs> yeah, it goes well, which is very rare. But um, I think that solidified to Hermione that she did have a place with the boys. I think yeah. it was hard for her. I think a lot... Not a lot, but I think some of Hermione just nagging, and I think that's the role she thought she filled and how she felt comfortable with the friend group because she wasn't a boy, and she you know, didn't have that innate camaraderie with them. I think she felt like she had to prove why she could be helpful in a lot of circumstances to the boys, which for her, that's academics. That's how she's always excelled. So in her, you know, mind growing up and trying to figure out she's not socially adept at all. (laughs) We have mentioned this, but I think for her trying to figure out, okay, one, why would they want to be friends with me? These are the only people who've ever wanted to be friends with me. Um, it must be because I can bring this to the table. Because, you know, she's, she's not the most social. She's not the one that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're friends with Hermione? We should be friends with you too, you know? Yeah, she's, she's a weird combination of incredible arrogance and uh, lack of self-esteem. Yes, like, yes. Very contradictory, but that's, that's Hermione in the earlier years, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, I think... Having that solo mission with Harry kind of helps her see that she can ben- she can add more things to the group than just books and cleverness. Yeah, she does in the first mm-hmm. book. So anyway, so, so Harry and Hermione have the solo mission. Yes. And Ron, I think, struggles at after that point the most with his identity within the group. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't like being Harry- considered Harry's sidekick. He has starts having a crush on Hermione, which is pretty much unreciprocated for a while. He he doesn't really feel I, I I don't know he's just dissatisfied he's yeah dissatisfied. Ron's dissatisfied a lot mm-hmm. um and so then we have that first break with with Harry that yeah, Hermione with, tries to say Switzerland in she does she she does try to do it valiant job that was just never gonna happen but <laughs> um yes yeah, so Harry's name gets pulled out of the goblet and Ron does not believe him that he didn't put it in or figure out some way. And then, you know, Ron would have been fine with it if Ron's name had been in there too, you know, yeah. was the thing. He just didn't appreciate that he thought Harry went behind his back and was trying to get all this fame and glory for himself. And Ron didn't have a chance to do it too. Which is the absolute opposite of Harry's character to do that. And right. Ron must on some level know that. Um, yes, this is one area where Ron just needs to see past himself and his reasons for doing something. Because I think it speaks to Ron's character because Ron... Ron would have done it. Ron would have done that if he could have. I think I think he would have thought before the break and everything. I think he would have been like, "Hey, Harry, I'll put yours in too." But if Ron got the chance, Ron was going to do that, and Harry would have been like, "No, keep me out of it as far away as we possibly can. I do not want fame or glory." Yeah, no, I I agree. But he, you know, he does decide to no longer be friends with Harry for a while and gets mad at him and, and. doesn't really it's never really expressed exactly what Ron's hoping for during this like he doesn't really seem to expect an apology he didn't really expect anything he's just mad and so doesn't talk to Harry but he also doesn't betray Harry 
No. There are a lot of things, very damaging things he could have said, especially about Sirius, to mm-hmm. anybody while he was mm-hmm. mad at Harry. But he, there's always, an, I think there was always an underlying understanding that they, they'd eventually work through it. They were still friends. Right. And even though he was mad and not talking, like, he, he didn't, even personal embarrassing things, that I, right. I can't think of it. He wouldn't do anything to completely sabotage the friendship. Right. At that point. Right. He still cared about Harry and Hermione enough to... Yeah, well, he definitely cared enough about Hermione because they still talked and were friends. And in Harry's narrative, it almost seems like Ron and Hermione talked more than Harry and Hermione, even though Hermione was helping him a lot with the tag. I think it was just Harry's point of view. Yeah. He felt like he was all alone for most of it. And, I mean, Hermione definitely did split her time and we're not quite sure, you know, how that broke down, but... I think, you know, she was doing a lot to help Harry out with the task and research and yeah. all that stuff. So I'm pretty sure, knowing her and her just anal retentiveness, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she probably split it evenly, even if Harry didn't feel that way. Yeah. I mean, he just, he didn't, Ron had always been his guy friend. Yeah. And Hermione, was not a guy friend. wonderful traits, is not a guy friend. <laughs> yes. Um, I get it. It's the same with girlfriends. <laughs> yes. And so he didn't, and he didn't. Ron kind of replaced Harry temporarily with like Seamus and Dean, mm-hmm. and Harry didn't really get that, so he was he felt more alone than maybe Ron did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Ron felt remorseful after a time, after Ron blows up, probably for a couple weeks, because he has a hot temper and it runs for a while, and he holds a grudge. But the whole thing about Ron is he never really apologized. No, and he. He's he's doesn't really hardly ever admits that he's wrong when he does such stupid things as he does <laughs> in the fourth book. He kind of just expects them to take him back, right? If he shows up and acts sheepish enough, yeah. And he gets he's good at acting sheepish. He's very good at acting sheepish. It could be a full time job for him. Practically is. Yeah. Um. But even though there's no real resolution there, they are they do reconcile, get back together. Hermione has her spew thing for a while, which they don't get behind. Again, there's no leader, there's no real... But they don't necessarily... They don't really make fun of her for it or anything. I mean, like, they, they barely tolerate, tolerate it. <laughs> barely, but it's, a, it's, I think, a very marked difference from how they would have been in, like, first or second year. Maybe Ron more so than Harry. Yeah. I think Harry would have just stayed quiet about the whole thing anyway. But Ron, you know, like you mentioned, he kind of has a little crush on her. He doesn't necessarily want to completely upset her because yeah. she's a little scary she makes harry treasurer and ron secretary i think um, and they're like yay <laughs> great but the crush does lead to the next rift which is between ron and hermione mm-hmm. and not as dramatic as the one between harry and ron but uh, so pretty dramatic yeah the, the ron uh his his first adolescent hormone driven stupid move which of which there are several <laughs> happens at the beginning (laughs) um because Hermione goes with an older famous and rich man which just Ron's insecurities just kind of (laughs) yeah I mean we never really get the I never at least never got the sense that she was head over heels for Victor it was kind of like oh someone shows an appreciation for me as I am yeah and I mean she does continue like a date for a while and yeah, but she and he he even years later, you know, still has a thing mm-hmm. for her. So there I think it was and they kissed isn't mm-hmm. explicitly stated, but certainly heavily implied that mm-hmm. they so it was kind of her first blush of romance. And, oh. you know. Yeah, I mean I think she liked Victor. I don't think yeah. she was like really using Victor, but it was just kind of like 
think she was way more Gaga. serious about her yes. than she was about him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but so that kind of, that was the first hint of things to come with the group. Um, now that there was a romantic dynamic to it, mm-hmm. not for Harry, obviously, but, um, yes. for Ron and Hermione. And that was the, the Ross and Rachel, the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but then the war begins. Really, yes. well, we, yeah, we move into fifth year, and this is where I really kind of start to see stuff change. I mean, we yes. already talked about the leadership, but inner group dynamics because Ron and Hermione seem a lot closer mm-hmm. when we come back for fifth year because they have been writing all summer about Harry. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing, <laughs> right? And they haven't been writing to Harry. <laughs> And but, he's furious at them, rightfully so. Right, but they've been corresponding, and they start to have maybe more of, like, the side discussion yeah. of Harry and his mental state. Not in, like, a, but just, like, concern. Um, and, you know, when there's not, like, a romantic reason for them to be upset with each other, they seem to be a bit more in sync yeah. as far as taking care of Harry. But they also, I mean, it's back to the leadership point, that this is kind of when they start, like, filing up and rank and file behind mm-hmm. Harry mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a, it becomes more of a triangle with Harry at the top and them, like, below, not below him, but behind him in many situations. Mm-hmm. And, but that also creates the more camaraderie sort of relationship that, of course, we have to be, that, yeah, we're, we're a team behind Harry. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's how I see their relationship move into place. And also, even more in the day-to-day stuff, Harry starts being the one that calling the shots more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how they deal with Umbridge and the DA, obviously. They pushed him into that, but then it was his bait. Like, it was him calling the shots. Yeah, but it um, was their idea together, really. And they yeah. had to work as a united front to get him. It wasn't just Hermione pushing or just Ron pushing. They had yeah. to both together go to him and say, we both think this is a really good idea. We both would benefit from your knowledge. Like advisors, really. Yeah. As opposed to... Just like, yeah, it, the, the dynamics really do more solidify in fifth year as all of these developments continue. And um, I think a lot of that work is undone in sixth year, actually. Yep. Um, but as far as how You see they, the potential of what it could become. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then sixth year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just the worst. Um, let's see. Drama. Drama. It was basically <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's take a break from Harry Potter and do a teenage soap opera for a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we have Ron and Hermione both acknowledge to themselves that this is that they and a sort of hint at to each other that this is what they want that their relationship yeah. to move forward. And then Ron just blows it up. Doesn't she ask him out too? Yeah, she asks him in a roundabout I mean, sort of way. It's very it's socially direct. awkward. Yeah. It's, it's, yes, she asks him, but in more of a, I thought I might ask you. He's like, oh, that's interesting. So that's how it was left. They were kind of, but they both knew that she would want to take him to the party. Yeah. And then Ron starts making out with Lavender Brown for. Because we don't quite her, know how that happened. Her or charms. What happened? Yeah. Her charms. <laughs> she has few of them, but they're very powerful, apparently. Apparently! It's <laughs> um, a hormonal boy. Yes. Because Hermione's 
I think Ron sees Hermione as like the safe mm-hmm. option, which she she is. And she's the also the boring. option that's gonna take more work. Yeah, but Lavender is the the one who's gonna let him make out with her in public and yeah, Lavender and takes no work. Yeah, yeah, like and until it's, later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it, yeah, and yeah, then he yeah. gives up on her because he's tired. Of it. But yeah, it, it, he he allows his hormones to rule him in this instance, and I think he always knew that eventually Hermione would be like Hermione would be around. He, he never well, was picturing okay. himself long term. Knows in his mind because this could have worked out completely wrong. You know, like yeah, really not a sure bet. Shouldn't have planned on it to be a sure oh, bet. No, but in I'm not his he was mind, right. no, I know, I know, but you know, in his mind, Hermione will always be there. She'll always be single. It'll just be something that when he decides he wants her to move forward with her and just her, she'll be there. Yeah, is kind of the vibe that we are given. And Hermione's like, I mean, yes, yeah, sad, but Hermione's enough of an independent person that. That's never something that you should just count on. I mean, it, but she's also not much of a romantic person. Yeah, that is <laughs> so true. It wasn't necessarily a terrible bet because she, yes, she was hinting around at Ron and they and want ready to move forward. I think with him, but she. I also think she also she is the bread muffin to, sorry to use a Big Bang Theory metaphor, but to Lavender's Pop Tart, the exciting and sexy option. Hermione's the stable. You know, there there's. Ron was not ready for to Hermione. settle down with Hermione, which is really when they got together, they were going to be settling down, and he would be settling down. Not, not it wasn't going to be a huge adventure. The relationship. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that their relationship, on the surface, yeah, that yeah, they it was going to be it. Like he knew if he chose Hermione, that was it, and they would be together. But I don't think of it in such dour terms of settling and. Like, no adventure. I think their personalities are just so fiery in their own different ways. It was always going to be a bit of an adventure with them. And good or bad, but I don't think of it necessarily as settling. And No, not settling. I I didn't mean settling. I meant... It was going to be more permanent. It it was going to be more permanent. It was going to be more stable. I mean, what does Lavender represent? Lavender doesn't represent intellectual stimulation. She, like, she... She was just Ron having a blast mm-hmm. with a girlfriend. And I think he, Hermione and Ron knew each other too well, had too much history to, like, just have fun as mm-hmm. a couple. Mm-hmm. Like, at least at that point. Maybe after their the war, after everything was done, they did have a ton of fun. But I don't see them as, like, a fun couple. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Not a, I'm not, not a bad couple, necessarily. Just not like a, oh, let's go and no, I mean, beat town. <laughs> right, no, but... I don't know if that's necessarily looking at it for a future relation, you know, like for a long-term future relationship that fizzles. So, oh no, no, okay. yeah, I'm as we see, that's why that's why no one ever thought that lavender Ron was going to last because yeah. it was just the fling that was going to be that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, long-term, you do want something more steady and stable, and you know, yeah, based on more than what Ron was basing his decisions on. <clears throat> but um, yeah. I think I think. That's why Ron, when he was on the cusp of having Hermione, yeah, he was so just close, diverted. <laughs> yeah, and it came, I, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And I think again, we're seeing Mr. Harry's perspective, and that was not what he was focusing on that year whatsoever. So there could have been signs we missed, but it really seems like it just came out of nowhere for everybody, including Ron. 
like he seems a little bit like what is going on <laughs> but okay you know type of thing in the beginning of it Hermione just seems completely shocked um, yeah very shocked yeah I don't think anybody saw it except for I certainly think that Lavender was the aggressor and probably saw Ron as somewhat low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. um aggressor yeah. that makes it sound like she's attacking him that I mean the one the pursuer let's yeah say. pursuer um but anyway that the, again group dynamics blown up Mm-hmm. Because Harry suddenly is the he's now very Harry rarely, is Switzerland. <laughs> Harry, yeah, and he's—I don't think he's ever been in the position of being Switzerland no. before. So uh, he's he, not very good at being Switzerland. Yeah, guys. he just doesn't talk at all ever. Yeah, and sits there awkwardly. Yes, while he, Hermione he cries. Both of them. He does. And but anytime he's one, well, the other one comes up in their presence, they're ranting. So he just like doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets tired of Hermione's studying and moralizing about education and he gets tired of Ron making out with his girlfriend in front of him. Yeah. So he's just kind of Ron Harry goes through a bit of a, a movie <laughs> period. Yes, he's not had it. But the, all of that is very much surface teenager crap. It's not the like what we're talking about with fifth year mm-hmm. was really, you know, the lining up and the solidifying of roles. That carried into seventh year. It was really what... Yeah, once they got all of the drama <laughs> out yes. of... Relationship drama, I guess. Yes. The big, you know, thing. We're now... Okay, so it is kind of possible for Ron and Hermione to be together. So that makes them kind of happy in a way. Like, they don't know if it's going to happen, but yet. Yeah, I think that by the beginning or, you know, early, early I think, seventh book, they I, it's, it's acknowledged that they both... This is where it's going. After Ron is in the hospital yet. calling yeah. her name... It's it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean the beginning of seventh book when they first right after the scene I read actually they they go to a the safe house and mm-hmm. Harry wakes up the next morning they've been holding hands and mm-hmm. their hands are near each other and sleep mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I feel like at that point again it's acknowledged that that's where it's going they haven't gotten there yet and they're not in a rush to get there during the war. Mm-hmm. Well, there's other things. Yeah, but they they I think all three of them know that. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's end game. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's definitely something that get, tries to get torn apart by the locket with the Horcrux. Yeah. Well, I think that the next crisis point in the trio's relationship is when Harry decides to leave Hogwarts. Mm. And they decide to go with him, especially for Hermione, giving up her education. And they're basically, they're both, once again, acknowledging Harry as the leader that they're following. And, and Harry had told them everything about Dumbledore told him, mm-hmm. which is significant, I think, too, that, you know, Dumbledore trusts them as well, as well, and Harry certainly is not going to pull them into a situation they're not aware of. That's not the kind of leader he is, mm-hmm. where he just kind of expects them to say, okay, and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get the locket. Oh, the locket. So they're, they're following Harry, and Harry makes a bad call. Very bad call. Which he does several times in the seventh book. But yes, Harry is not perfect. Not at all. <laughs> not as a person or as a leader. But wearing the locket, while it does make sense, so we, they don't lose it. Yeah. And all of that, but just... And I get it. They didn't have a way to destroy it. And and anything that's not on their person is at risk. Even things that were on their person, obviously, they did get kidnapped. Yeah, right. You know, so putting it in Hermione's bag is not necessarily the best strategy, even though she didn't lose that at all. Um, there, it just... There, yeah. But he he knew that the locket was powerful. Hermione had told him that it was 
possible that people could get possessed by it. Mm -hmm. So there there were reasons behind his decision, but it was still, but he also knew that they were being negatively affected by it. He couldn't, his magic, he couldn't produce a Patronus. Mm -hmm. We should have at that point said, okay. Yeah. (laughs) We got to figure out something else for this thing. Yeah. Um, Did not. Did not. No, that, that was kind of poor. The whole whole seventh book was a pressure test of Harry as a leader. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to when the, test the the results of that but this is this was really kind of when the, the heat was up and and he kind of faltered mm-hmm. um and so ron obviously eventually as we know i think ron i mean they all were affected badly by it but ron the most um and part of this i read an interesting theory about this may have been you know fifth year when they go to the ministry of magic and um he gets entangled in this brain experiment thing and is has problems then, you know, he's been affected by this magic with his mind that it's easier to be a bit more susceptible to that form of magic later. Again, Harry is kind of a horcrux, so I'm, he has all that kind of stuff. But Ron's really affected, basically. Yeah. He seems to be the most affected. Yeah, and like visibly. we said, he's always one with a bit of a darker edge, uh, naturally. And... Yeah, and he and he also that thing we were talking about earlier, where they Hermione and Ron are kind of in, in nothing settled. It's yeah, but yeah, no, sorry. No. Oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about the relationship. No, you continue. Um, sorry, you, you were talking about in fifth year when they're kind of lining up behind Harry, and but they're they're kind of their own team in that way, and they start kind of talking about him instead of with him at all times, mm-hmm. and and that's really came out as here as well, where and Harry knew it. Harry mm-hmm. knew they were talking about him, and right. they were frustrated, and that they were kind of. Not against him, but that they were, they were, uh... They thought he had more of a plan than what he'd shared, and he had been up front and shared everything that he had. Right. And so they, I mean, it, again, the dynamic is he's the leader there, the lieutenants, if you will, and so Harry's satisfied with his leadership, and right? So and they're talking about it. Right, and Harry pretty much, at that point, it seems like he's desperately hoping that one of them will come up with a decision, because he has nothing. Yeah, he's got... Yeah, he, but that does say none of them have anything. Right. And, but Harry's the leader, so... He's the one who they get so satisfied with. And really, if you think about Ron's argument with Harry when he leaves, which is a doozy. Um, and there's a lot of things he brings up. He thinks that Harry's not concerned enough about, you know, Ginny and Rush Ron's family. He, you know, like we said, he thought Harry knew more. And that his, but in that, there's an implicit, there's an implicit statement that Harry's leadership is bad. That he, that Harry is the leader and the fact that he is not doing enough or that he's not successful is Harry's fault and that all of their misery is Harry's fault. So right. I I think that... Because they're there for Harry and they're to help Harry and, you right. know. Yeah. So when, when Harry and Ron fought in fourth year, the argument was ridiculous and petty and Ron was just being wrong. Yeah. But in seventh year, it Ron was Ron has more, valid points. Yeah. It was, it was, there was more and more serious stuff about their actual relationship, I mm-hmm. think, in seventh year when he left. Yeah. Um, and they they worked through it. But it was yeah, it's it very was much of more of a doozy. A feeling of like I trusted you as a leader here, and you've let me down. Yeah. Um, and then Harry, again, not great leadership skills. Doesn't really work to comfort Hermione very much. I mean, he, like when she cries herself to sleep, he he puts his blanket on her, <laughs> things like that. But he, yeah. um, you know, this devastates all three of them, and he just kind of lets it. Yeah. And. So he, again, he didn't know what, I think he 
really didn't know what to do. He wanted Ron back. But yet at the same time, he knew he didn't have a plan and he couldn't address any of Ron's concerns as far as there wasn't a better solution. Yeah, and he could have gotten Ron back anyway. They were on the run. They weren't right, the I know, but I think he wanted Ron back to comfort Hermione because that's not his strength. And I think there's like this... And there's a line in around Christmas where Harry basically is hinting at vaguely suicidal thoughts. Yeah. This is like the bottom of the valley for all of them. Mm-hmm. They're, Ron, of course, is not, you know, on the road with them. He's at his brother's house, but um, so he's probably not quite as low as they are. But. Well, no, I think he feels a lot of shame and guilt for leaving them. Yeah, no, I think he's going through a lot, but yeah. he also has I don't think, and, yeah, he has less food and, yeah. Um, not that I don't clothing, but that he, he has comforts of home, whereas Harry and Hermione, and, and then contact with other people. He's yeah. seen, you know, other members of the Order. He knows what's going on. But Harry and Hermione are completely isolated, completely devastated, and don't know what to do. COVID to the extreme. <laughs> yes, and uh, having, uh, at least one comfort is having your home during mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're constantly just, uh, moving around. But Ron does come back because Dumbledore foresaw all of Ron's abandonments. Which is not flattering for Ron. But, no. <laughs> but a good call on that. accurate. Um, and Hermione eventually decides to kind of sort of forgive him. Um, again, the, and it gets back to that point where they're not... That, well, Harry and well, Ron okay. work through his jealousy over Hermione. Right. But they figure out how to kill the Horcruxes. And after that, after Harry has a plan, then Harry can... Do the steps to get to the end. This the faltering of I don't know what to do. Please, someone come up with something. He's not. He's not good at. If there's not a plan or he has a plan, Harry can't lead. Honestly, it's not. I don't think it's Harry's fault. I think this is Dumbledore's fault. I think oh it's yeah, no. To explore what would happen if Dumbledore had allowed an adult to actually know what's going on. Right. I just think Harry was bit out of his depth as far Completely. as. But it know. wasn't his fault. But there was no path forward. For right. Anybody. Right. But um, he didn't step up yeah but i i guess i don't know what that would have looked like yeah. except for betraying dumbledore's trust which harry was never going to do mm-hmm. um i think maybe that would have been the right call mm-hmm. to tell mcgonagall or to tell yeah i think after Lewis. like a month or two or maybe just one you know like after, after they're, the they're starving they're starving they're freezing they have nothing they they, they have nowhere to go you know yeah yeah he should have made that call, probably. But you also would have felt that he was disobeying the direct and final order of his mentor. So, mm-hmm. um, but even after they get the sword and they destroyed the, the locket, Harry and Ron talk about Hermione and how Harry's not interested in Hermione at all. Yeah. And then Ron starts, you know, groveling for Hermione's forgiveness. Um, there's... I, Harry's still meandering somewhat because he's been distracted by the Deadly Hallows. He, the bright shiny objects that he wants to suddenly thinks that was the actual answer to winning the mm-hmm. war. And so he, he that's this also pressure test of his skills as a leader. Mm-hmm. He falters. Mm-hmm. He's not making the right calls. Hermione and Ron know at this time. That, I mean, they kind of know about the locket, but they really know, know that he should not be thinking about the Deathly Hallows right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he's kind of it even says that Ron a little bit starts taking over the group, where he's, you know, taking them to random points that they know Voldemort once was. Mm-hmm. He's trying to motivate them to, you know, find the Horcruxes, and Harry's distracted by the Deathly Hallows. 
Yeah. So Ron never actually becomes leader, but he is does kind of start trying to... Ron shows to, more leadership qualities yeah. than Harry does. Or more strategic qualities, I guess, maybe. Yeah. He's, he tries to step up in the vacuum Harry's left as a leader. Mm-hmm. Poor Hermione. Yeah. So. Hermione never really, you know, was going to be or wanted to be or could be the leader. I don't think she, she ever... Was... Harry and Ron would never really have followed her. No. They listened to her at moments. And certainly... they appreciate some of the things that she says. Like, she, they definitely appreciate her research. Yeah. And I mean, in the situation at Xenophilia's Lovegood's house, which they completely cut out of the movie, which mm-hmm. I thought this was significant for Hermione's character, um, they're, they're upstairs, they know that the Death Eaters are downstairs, they don't, they can't operate out, they don't know what to do, Hermione basically just literally says, do you trust me, Harry? And he says, yes, and she's, then she's like, okay, here's the plan, doesn't explain it, doesn't ex- tell them why, what's going on, but she says, give the cloak to Ron, okay, here's what we're going to do, bam, 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 and then she does it. And, you know, gets him out of the situation in a way that would be less least harmful for Ron's family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, things like that where, in the moment, yeah, she can have a great idea. And she, and Ron, and Harry trusts that she knows if it's a great idea and that it will work. I think he knows that she wouldn't put forward an idea unless she really knows in that yeah. kind of a situation and moment. Yeah. She knows it's going to work. And it's, they don't have time to, you, you, they, they can't debate they it. They all discuss it. They all talk through their plans and figure out what's going to do. But, yeah, in that situation... There was a time she she knew that she was right, and mm-hmm. she and he said okay, and mm-hmm. handed over the reins. Mm-hmm. So they substituted that for the dragon scene, which totally was a hairy move. I can't believe they made Hermione do that in the movies. Anyway, um, yep. it was such a hairy move. But then we have Malfoy Manor, which I feel like is the final turning point for the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hermione is tortured. Harry Harry is very much in charge, and mm-hmm. he he runs a. A basket case at this point. Yes. And even though Harry is splitting his time between his own mind and Voldemort's at the moment, he he knows what's going on. He figures out who needs to say what, who needs to stay, in, or who needs to leave. Because Luna and Dean were both like, we want to stay and help. And he's like, no, nope, go away. Go away. We have too many people without wands already. Yes. Um. So he, that's, uh, th- those are the kind of situations when his those qualities really come through for him. And they, and they did. And he got them out by the skin of their teeth. Um, <laughs> but there was no way to get them out not by the skin of their teeth yes um, to get all of them out but that was personally for Harry a very big crisis moment but it also uh, you know he, he, he read that scene if you haven't it's really kind of the biggest character development moment of, for Harry I think in the mm-hmm. series probably him actually just working through what, who am I what am I doing what do I need to be focusing on who was Dumbledore and, and and how am I going to proceed? And then he comes out of that much more. Okay, he's a leader again. Mm-hmm. He come. He's like, okay, I got to. This is with the confidence. To to. Yeah. I mean, like the situation was horrible, but that revitalized his confidence. Yeah, of, his focus. Yep. And after that, everything happens so fast. Anyway, he doesn't have time to think and get in his head. Yeah. And and honestly, that's probably I think the first time that he just makes a decision and expects. Ron and Hermione need to go along with it without discussing it with them at all. Mm-hmm. He says, he tells a grob- goblin, I need you to help me break into Gringotts. And that's a surprise to everybody in the room, including Ron and Hermione. <laughs> they didn't know he was going to say that. Um, so I think that's, it, it was, he knew, okay, I need to focus. This is what the next steps forward are. I this, He'd figured out, you know, about Bell took the strangest fault. And so he just take charge again. He's like, okay, I need to step up again. And mm-hmm. he did. And the rest of the series, he was very much in that place. And he also had to make some of the tough calls, like with Griplog yeah. and the sword. He, I think that's really when he 
kind of came into his own as both a warrior and as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, horrible, horrible situation, but... And also he was putting others first instead of his own desires, which he had been for most of the last several months. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like we said, out of Malfoy Manor, it all happens really quickly to the end. And... Yeah, there's about a month between Malfoy Manor and... But he spent the entire month planning. Yeah. For, yeah, he, after they go into action with the vault, then it's boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's like but, one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens in a day. Yeah. Um, I mean... But yeah. Hermione needs to recuperate, and he's not going to do the rest without her. Yeah. And, I mean, they're breaking into Gringotts. It's not a small thing. No. No. You need to plan. Yeah. And I'm sure Gripook, you know, every single secret about how <laughs> security at Gringotts mm-hmm. goes had to be dragged out of him. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, yeah. And then, honestly, the battle that everything uh green guts like we said harry does make call the audible <laughs> and steal a dragon yep which is a you know interesting interesting strategy but it worked not not uh discreet <laughs> yes and but again he in the correct situation harry's in charge and mm-hmm. so they said okay let's jump on the back of the dragon um, <laughs> fly out of here guys <laughs> um at but then when we get to hogwarts he start it starts listening to his students a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Ron says, "Let's let's ask for help finding the last Horcrux." Mm-hmm. Hermione says, "Look into Voldemort's mind, mm-hmm. find out where he is." They and Harry listens to them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Harry's still very much you know the leader of the three, but they're in a battle, mm-hmm. and yeah, doesn't Ron have the idea to go get more teeth to yeah. distribute to people? So if everybody else has a chance, then they can do it. Is that what it was? Or no, he had the I, idea to go get more teeth. Yeah, he and Hermione went to go get more basilisk things, and um, it was Ron's idea. And Ron was the one. Eh. I thought they got it. I'm gonna look one it so like each of them could have one. They just got a bunch. Yeah. Um, and they didn't actually use them ever. No, I know, but it was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, let's, let me look it up. Yeah, I think because she drops the broomsticks or the things when she kisses him for the first time, maybe. She drops the fangs. Yeah, that's how I remember it. He talks about getting the house elves out, and yeah, she yeah. drops the fangs and tackles him and kisses him. <laughs> Not how it happened in the movie, guys. Uh, it's so actually much better in the books. Way better in the books, and so much more to character. And like awkwardly waiting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like okay. it's so like so descriptive of their relationship that they like suddenly overcome and have to kiss and Harry but Harry is also there because Harry has been there at every single step yeah. of their relationship so, okay now what um alright so where the hell have you been chamber of secrets chamber of what it was it was Ron all Ron's idea was it was an absolutely brilliant uh so yeah so Ron had the idea to go to the chamber of secrets and grab some more basilisk things and then he also was able to mimic Harry's Mm-hmm. Um, the sound of Harry's parcel tongue which again going back Ron should have been the one to imitate Belly Baron back way back in the first book so this would not be just a random skill that we mm-hmm. discover mimicry right um, Harry did it which we, again never comes up again with Harry mimicking people I'm sorry J.K. Rowling really should have much much longer foresight <laughs> about random things that some of your guys have to do I'm kidding J.K. Rowling had incredibly long foresight for most things yeah um, let's see and so that, yeah, Hermione and Ron, again, acting as a unit, separate from Harry, without telling Harry, which was a problem, but 
<laughs> I figured it out. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, eventually, the war was won. And Harry and Hermione became kind of acknowledged as Harry's lieutenants, I think. Mm-hmm. Going yeah, because Harry definitely, sure. I think, he did his own Hermione. lone wolf thing oh, towards yeah. the end. Oh, like, yeah. very much so. Didn't tell them. Yeah. I, I think that the first time that they knew what he had done was when the Voldemort announced it. To, to, yeah, did yeah. the whole projection thing and announced it. Um, so, yeah, they... The three of them after... I, there's, I always tear up a little bit that last scene in the movie. Um, not the one after... And the 19 years later part. The bridge one? But the bridge one, where, yeah, I was, I, of course I'm mad about how he handled the Elder Wand, but, like, you had the shot of the three of them, I know you'd like how I did it, um, to, like, together, and it's, it's really, like, you know it's gonna be the last time where it's gonna be the three of them being the three of them. Yep. Harry's gonna be back to go with Ginny, they have to, some of them are probably gonna go back to school, Hermione goes back to school, one mm-hmm. and Harry don't, start jobs, and it's like, it, it seems, it feels like the end of of something big mm-hmm. and it's sad to me that the three of them will never be the trio again at that point yep no i agree i think that's the relationship that sustained them that's grown them that's helped them figure out who they are that's the relationship that's won a war yeah you know because they couldn't have done it by themselves no. at all any one of them outside of that dynamic you, yes hermione is more useful than ron in most cases but, but Hermione you need is not useful as Hermione not nearly as useful in a vacuum as she is as part of the team. Right. And she needed to be part of Ron's. Ron needed to be part of that team. Yeah, you can't take one of them out and substitute someone else in or just have two. It doesn't work for the purpose of what they ended up achieving. So yeah, no, it's it's a huge relationship for them. And of course, they're still friends, and Ron and Hermione get married. It's not the end of completely the relationship, but it's the end. But of, that's the end of the trio. Yeah, and it is a, a, to me, it's a very sad moment. Mm-hmm. That, and it's not that I like. I like Jenny in the books, so I'm not saying I don't want her here and get back together. But it kind of makes me a little bit sad that there's going to be a fourth person now, and that Ron and Hermione are going to want time separate from him to build their relationship as its own unit. You know, it's so maybe I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm too attached to to the Harry Potter books I tear up every time or too nostalgic. So that's kind of the evolution of the uh, trio, the golden trio, mm-hmm. if you're a part of the fandom, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Um, the base of their group dynamics, how it changes, how it shifts, yes. what kind of were the influencers. Yeah, and next time we are going to kind of delve into some hypotheticals mm-hmm. of what would have been different what could have happened if the group dynamics were different or if some of the group had made different choices as far as their relationships go. So it'll be interesting. If you have any ideas for hypothetical scenarios for us to delve into, let us know. We'd be happy to take your ideas. Yes. Um, So lots of different theories out there about all the things that could have happened if something had gone different. Yes, the the butterfly effect. And I think they're, I mean, starting from that first train ride with the starry-eyed naive boys there's a lot of things that could have gone differently if the characters had chosen differently so yes definitely so tune in next time we'll be back with some more harry potter scenarios thank you for joining us today we hope you'll check us out on facebook twitter and patreon we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hear your ideas so be sure to let us know if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes or content that you'd like to see from us and we hope that you will join us in two weeks for our next episode of dwelling on dreams Thank you.